הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שדורנו, לכל הצדיקים האמיתים שוכני עפר קדוש ומשבר עצמה. ובפחד רבנו הקדוש תדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מכוחמה רבנו נחמן פגע בצמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זוכותו תגן עלינו על כל ישראל אמן. Today we start a new סימן מצליחות הרן, סימן מן, lesson 40, מצליחות הרן. Again discussing why רבנו emphasizes it so much. Um, the idea of avoiding, avoiding philosoph- uh, philosophy, any philosophical works, as we're going to see here. Rabbeinu is going to do, this is a bigger um, siman, so we're going to split this up in two to three parts, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I believe three parts, but uh, today we start part one. בעניין ספרי המחקרים, כבר מבואר אצלנו כמה פעמים שאסור לעשות בהם. רבי נתן says that with regard to to philosophical works, any books regarding philosophy. It's already been discussed by us many times on many separate occasions that it's forbidden to even look at them, to engage in them, to study them. Rabbi Nathan says, it's forbidden. And Rabbi Nathan is telling us that we need to distance ourselves from this, not to study them, not to even look at them at all. Not even to look at it. Even in the books of philosophy that belong to the great, the greats of the Jewish people, great tzaddikim. Um, Rabbeinu is specifically referencing great tzaddikim who wrote books of Torah, but that aren't really Torah, that they actually go against the faith of the Torah, books of philosophy. But they were written by tzaddikim. And we know this uh, with regard to Rabbeinu forbade us from reading different parts in the Mishneh Torah that discuss uh, certain things, for example, certain places in, um, with regard to the Korbanot and different uh, sections in Mishneh Torah which are very logical and bring uh, that uh, rely on like scientific and philosophical ideas that aren't uh, emet the Torah and other Sfarim as well. Specifically, Rabbeinu mentions many times over uh, the book Moreh Nebuchim by the Rambam which Rabbeinu says is forbidden to even look at it. It says, happy is he, the person who never opens up the sefer, a sefer that literally goes against the principles of the Torah and the faith in Hashem Itbarach. Um, and uh, of course, not to ever take away from the honor of the Rambam, but nonetheless, great tzaddikim in the past have made this statement that the Rambam made a very great mistake in writing the sefer, along with many other, sfarim by other tzaddikim that, they, that have written in the past, um, books against the um, the uh, belief in the Torah, that go against the belief in the Torah, that question Hashem's, that almost, it's not that God forbid it questions Hashem's existence, but these tzaddikim wrote books that actually have weak answers and bring philosophical ideas that actually weaken someone's faith. And they rely on other ideas that aren't true according to the Torah. Nonetheless, look in uh, many different stories, look in Koch Ve'or, there's an entire section dedicated in Chayem Oran, Rabbeinu's biography, that Rabbi Natan wrote himself, with regard to how Rabbeinu specifically mentioned certain Sfarim over there that a person shouldn't open, different Perushim like the Ibn Ezra and other things. Not going to get into it, but nonetheless, this is for the honor of the Torah and to um, safeguard one's emunah, so it's um, important to speak about this. But um, there's different stories that uh, I will not share, that different stories that are mentioned in the Hashmatot, in the excerpts that are written in the different stories of uh, Rabbeinu and his student that speak about different books and... Uh, Different ideas mentioned about this, different stories about uh, sfarim, these Sfarim and um, the dangers of opening of these books and certain things that Rabbi said that are hidden that we might not know um, unless you dig much, much deeper. Nonetheless, these things uh, aren't revealed. 
Um, but Rabenu specifically warned us all not to open up these books. So that's the main thing in simplicity. Ki hu is, um, so Rabenu says even the books, the philosophical works of great Jewish, uh, uh, of great Jewish tzaddik, of great tzaddikim. Ki hu isu gadol me'od nilmod otam. Because it's a very big prohibition to study them. And it's already brought in many different books the great prohibition of studying philosophy. Because such things aren't the portion of Yaakov. And why uh, Rabbeinu brings this verse, I think he can hint to us, we can hint to this, by the idea of um, Yaakov representing the idea of simplicity. That we say about Yaakov, that Yaakov was a simple man sitting in the tent. That the simplicity Yaakov represents is the exact opposite that these philosophical books portray and teach. Um, may we uh, be spared from these books. Because we, the Jewish people, have no relationship with these farim and their ideas at all. Because we believe in Hashem Barach, blessed be He, with faith alone, without any philosophy, without any investigations and inquiries. Because Hashem created the entire world. Um, and he continues, continues to sustain his world. And in the future, he is going to renew the world. And this is uh, how I, I underline these last words. Because today is the 23rd of Tammuz. The 23rd of Tammuz, which is the beginning of the Inyan of how Hashem is going to renew the world. Why? 23rd of Tammuz is a very special day. I'm not going to discuss the story here, but it's Hashkacha Prati just uh, reading these words um, that we landed on this point in Sichotaran today, um, the day which Rabbi Israel Dovodeser Saba received the petek from Rabbi Nachman, um, which speaks about the renewal of the world through the, um, the song that's single, double, triple, and quadrupled, as it mentioned in Tikkun Ezor. That it says in the Tikkun Ezor that there will be a song in the future that will almost awaken and. Uh, um, bring in this redemption, a song that is single, double, triple, quadruple, the song which is known to be Na, Nach, Nachma, Nachman, Meuman. Uh, every time you're always adding a letter of the name Nachman. It's Rabenu, the tzaddik, who's responsible for bringing this Geula. Very big Inyan here. And uh, today is 23rd of Tammuz, the day which Rabbi Israel Lovadesel received the Petek 110 years after Rabenu passed away. Uh, almost a uh, year, a hundred years later, <laughs> a century later. It's incredible. The story, for anyone who wants to read this, uh, study this in multiple classes online um, that my brother and I uh, even did on the Petek. Um, we talk about the story. Nonetheless, um, look into this because it's a very special thing and it's a sign of hope and uh, a beacon of, uh, of uh, what do you call it? of light for anyone who finds himself in despair. It's a beautiful story about uh, how Rabbi Israel found himself uh, found encouragement in a very dark place in his life. But nonetheless, um, in the future Hashem will renew the world. This is the idea um, uh, that Hashem Ibrach is going, he, he created the world, he constantly sustains the world, and he will renew the world. He's past, present, and future. And Rabbeinu says that the way of these books, these philosophical books, even the Jewish ones as well, is that they bring up questions, questions that seem like very big problems, very big paradoxes and questions. But the answer that they give is extremely weak. And one who wants to investigate even further, 
and to ask even bigger questions on the answer. He will be able to ask, and the answer that is brought down in, the, in that book will not be enough, will not be sufficient to give uh, an answer to that question that you now have. Meaning that the questions are much <laughs> more readily available than the answers. And the answers brought over there aren't good. And therefore, therefore it's forbidden to study these books at all. And the truth is, saying, not only, yes, if you want to look deep inside, you can bring up questions and the answer that they brought, which is maybe an answer isn't good enough for the question that you can easily bring up on, uh, on that answer that you find in that book. Basically saying that uh, you can bring up much more questions than you can answers. Rabban was saying that the truth is the questions they bring up in the Sfarim in the first place aren't even questions. And we already discussed this. Uh, Rabban was a Torah on this lesson 64 in the Kutur Moran discussing how uh, there's two different types of philosophy and one of them is this idea that it's not even a question in the first place. That the questions these atheists bring or even these tzaddikim bring that they try to address, that they're trying to help, they're not actually helping at all. They're only creating a bigger problem. And the questions that they bring up aren't even questions at all. kulam all the questions are heaven, they're vanity. They're striving after the wind. It's, it's nothing. It's not tangible. And the fact that Rabban was addressing the idea that we see people, that their minds aren't drawn after the holy books, the holy and awesome books, like the books of the Zohar, the books of the Arizal, the books of Sod and Kabbalah, even the books of Gemara and, and other Sfarim like this, Rabban was saying, that the reason why these people aren't attracted to these Sfarim, Rabban was saying, these people, there are many people that aren't attracted to the Sfarim, of the, to, to the, um, the books of the Zohar, the writings of the Arizal, even though that these books are filled with awesome novelties that illuminate the eyes and are sweeter than honey. These people, they aren't attracted to that. They're specifically drawn after and attracted to other subjects. For example, philosophy, scientific inquiries, etc. Rabbanu is going to address this idea and explain why this is like this, why people are like this. The reason why some people are like this is because of their nature. Because their inherent... Uh, their inherent nature is base, it's, 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 it's evil from birth. Meaning that they're born in a place of impurity and because of that their minds aren't kadosh, their body isn't kadosh. To be attracted after holy sfarim, sfarim of simplicity, sfarim of pure muna, like the Zohar, the writings of the Ariza. So because their nature has been infused with this negativity since the beginning they were born, they are essentially... Uh, they're born into this place in which uh, they're attracted after books of philosophy which essentially only um, um, highlight that, uh, that base nature of theirs. That they were born in this evil, this crass nature. That they're not able to endure this ho- the, the, uh, the, uh, the holy word of truth. These holy words of the Zohar and the Arizal. And the truth is, these people, they have free will. And this person 
who may fall into this category of, a base, of a, having base nature and being attracted to these philosophical works, he has the strength to break his evil nature. But because he was born into such a nature like this, he's forced to endure that great bitterness and to break that bitter nature of his. So happy is that person that is born in holiness. Rabbanu discusses this and look in Sichot Aran, number 32. We already talked about this a few podcasts ago. How uh, some people are born in a holy fashion and that actually affects their simplicity moving forward. Some people are born uh, with uh, impurity, in impurity. That their parents were together in, pro- in proper holiness, etc. And that uh, results in, uh, what do you call it, in having a child that might not be... Uh, very kadosh and might be drawn towards uh, evil desires more than others. And we see how a person born in Kedusha, Rabbeinu teaches us in Sichot Aran, Siman, Lamed Bet, how uh, a person born in holiness isn't necessarily drawn to philosophy at all, that you could be speaking the even greatest philosophical para- uh, questions, paradoxes. These people, it's like uh, they have no desire for that. They're born in simplicity and all they want is simplicity. It's like uh, the story of Rabbeinu. At, uh, what do you call it? At his wedding, he met someone by the name of uh, Rab Shimon. And this Rab Shimon became famous for becoming Rabbeinu's first student. Rabbeinu's attendant, both in this world and in the world to come, as Rabbeinu promised him. But uh, Rabbeinu was getting married, and there was a small young man by the name of uh, Shimon, Rab Shimon. And Rabbeinu was testing the young men at his wedding to see where they were holding and to see who he could make a friend with. And he was talking to all the young men over there saying that um, Rabbeinu was talking to them saying how the desires of this world are beautiful, how, per, how a person can fill his uh, worldly pleasures, how this world has so much to offer. And uh, all the kids were agreeing with him and they, they fed off this idea and they were enhanced and they were, they were throwing off different ideas and Rabbeinu could tell that they, as he was trying to trick them that actually that's where they were standing. They actually believed that. Until he came to Rab Shimon. Um, and uh, he starts speaking to Rab Shimon about the, in the same fashion that he starts speaking uh, that he uh, had spoken to all the other uh, young men, and Rab Shimon answers differently. He answers. He says, "Maybe you're right, but I'm a simple man. and I desire simplicity, wholesomeness." When Rabbeinu heard this, he said, "You and I are going to be very good friends." And after the wedding, they went and spoke and they did Hibodadu together. They did Avodat Hashem together. It's a famous story. But we see here that a person in Shimon falls in that category, born in Ketusha. A person who is simple in his nature and he doesn't want to deal with these philosophies, the desires of this world. He wants to be an upright person. Abenu said about Shimon that he had long ago defeated his uh, evil desires. Um, that he had completely destroyed all his, uh, his uh, desires in this world. Just to show you the greatness of this tzaddik Rab Shimon, Mikhem and Shak. So we see, we find in the books of these books of philosophy questions about the order of creation. They ask questions like, why was this star worthy of being a star? Or why was this constellation worthy of being a constellation? And why were others consigned to a lower realm? And why were people, uh, why were things created as animals and wild animals, etc.? Why were each thing created in its own fashion? Why did it deserve to be placed in that realm and not in another realm? 
Why wasn't the animal put in the place of the constellation, the constellation put in the place of the animal, etc., etc.? Why is the head placed at the head? Why is the foot placed at the bottom? And why isn't the exact opposite? They're asking all these foolish questions. As we find all these questions at length in all their books. And the truth is, all of this is complete foolishness. Vanity. And uh, it's like a passing error. It has nothing to do with it. Do with it. And one does not need to investigate after Hashem Bach. Rabbanu says, because what Hashem is tzaddik ve'asharu, He's righteous and He's upright. And the truth is, Dan know like this. The entire world as a whole is a rotating wheel. It's a rotating galgal. Shekorin dreidel, which we call a dreidel. Svivon in Hebrew. It's like what we play with on Hanukkah. The world is like a dreidel. It's a rotating wheel. And the world goes in cycles. Everything goes in cycles. The man becomes an angel. The angel becomes a man. The head becomes a foot. The foot becomes a head. As we see with all the aspects of creation of the world, everything, it goes in cycles and rotations, and all things interchange from one to the other and the other to the next. From the up goes down, from the down goes, uh, the bottom goes up. Because the truth is, in its root, everything that's been created all has one source. Because there are transcendental beings, supernal beings, like angels, which are completely separated from materiality. And there are celestial worlds which have this aspect of uh, materiality. But their materiality is very, very subtle. It's very fine. And then there's this lower realm, this realm of this world, which is this literal world that we live in, which is very lowly, which is complete materialism. And even though that it's certain that each and every one of these three places that we mentioned, the Malachim, the Galganim, and the Olam HaShafalazeh, this lowly world, the celestial world, and the world of the angels, or whatever it might be, are all taken from three different realms. And they all di- exist in three different places. Nonetheless, in its source, in its root, all of these three realms all have one source, they're all one. They all come from one thing, which is God Himself. And they all have one source and one root. So we see here that uh, all these questions that these philosophers have are absolute shtuyot. We all st- emanate from the same place, the same source, and the Tashamid Bach, who we have no right to ask any questions against or raise any investigations against. Uh, that's it for today. We'll continue on uh, the next page with the words of Alakin. Um, in the next uh, uh, section of Sima Men, Bismillah Hashem.